Hello, everyone, and welcome to an all-new episode of Palace Off the Top Rope Presents 90s Films Turn 30. Thank you so much for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. And in just a few seconds, I'm going to be bringing on a returning Sammy Flotis as we are about to embark on the sequel to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is, in fact, titled Part 2, The Secret of the Ooze. Um, that's going to be coming up. But just to let you know that we are fast and furious already on Season 2, uh, I've got two episodes in the canon already, Sleeping with the Enemy, and last week I did The Doors with Val Kilmer, so you can check those out on all your podcast platforms, wherever you get them. So without further ado, don't want to waste any more time, this is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. Enjoy the show. New York, a city where 8 million can scarf down their slices in safety, knowing that when pizza is close by, help, help is never far away. <laughs> Any luck finding a new place to live yet? Well, you know, in this market, it's actually very difficult to find good subterranean housing. You think even an idiot can find a place down here? But no! Wow! And I thought all the really good dungeons were in Europe. The past returns, my son. Ah. Hey guys, look! That's the canister that had the ooze. That transformed us all. Yes. Well, you're the last one, aren't you? Uh oh! Oh, some animals are knocking down the telephone poles. Let them get their own cab. The next fight will be freak against freak. Take the ugly one! No, you take the ugly one! Oh, which one's the ugly one? Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Cowabunga! The Secret of the Ooze. Don't forget, we're turtles! Alright folks, on the line I've got a returning Sammy Flores, who was uh, fortunate enough to do the first episode with me uh, on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles last season, if you listen to that one. It was right before the pandemic hit and a lot of stuff has changed in the one year so he was the only logical choice to to bring back and do the sequel with so how's it going buddy uh it's going it's going good man i'm uh glad to be on your podcast again i really enjoyed the first one talking about you know one of my loves teenage mutant ninja turtles so uh excited to talk to you about all the crazy things that happen behind the scenes with this one and yeah yes sir all right well before we uh dive into all that which is going to be a, a hell of a lot of fun i wanted to catch up the audience with you i think the last time that we talked on here you were i forgot the specifics but either you were had already released like your first comic or right were right about to release it uh your henry the elf comic and uh since then you have you done like some different things and uh 
I know a lot of stuff has changed, right, with this pandemic uh, and a lot of like landscaping things in the in the whole entertainment industry, uh, including uh, your world, uh, the comic world. Uh, what what's some new stuff that you're into? Oh uh, well, yeah. So back back then when we recorded the first uh, Ninja Turtles, I was uh, gearing up to uh, put out my Christmas comic, Henry the Elf. Yeah. And well, uh, it didn't really go down because of the whole pandemic issue. Uh, which kind of sucked. Like all the printers stopped printing because people weren't going to comic sto- comic shops and stuff like that. And yeah, it's really changed a lot of things. Like Diamond Distributors isn't like signed with DC Comics. Uh, a lot of people are looking into you know digital based things because of how things kind of uh, transpired uh, mm-hmm. over the past year. So I mean, um, not like not all comic industries. Or the comic industry isn't all the way in on digital comics yet because they're still now putting out, you know, print, printable comics. But uh, since the rise of uh, of NFTs in America, I mean, I think it, it's really something that they're they're looking to, you know, um, dive into because of this whole blockchain technology. And you know, it was only a matter of time before you know, you know corporations were to figure out how to apply, you know, certain things. In, into the, the work field that they're in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it would take a, it take like maybe a whole nother like, uh, podcast to actually explain blockchain technology. And right. it, it, even, even because it's still, it's, it's changing still. Like they're building layers on layers on layers of, uh, you know, different things to kind of, uh, make things more efficient and not, you know, waste so much energy. It, it's like a trial and like, error type of thing so like there's different things like proof of work versus proof of stake uh you know so like it's 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 a big huge uh ever-growing technology that's that's still being learned and created so uh that's that's you know the basics behind you know blockchain like i said i couldn't exactly tell you everything in a nutshell but um from blockchain there there was this new phenomenon some people would like to call it a bubble or however you want to you know, think of it, but there was non-fungible tokens. That was something that uh, was created through uh, blockchain. And basically what it is, it's like, it's like a digital token that is, that is transferred or traded across, you know, the blockchain. And uh, that's actually what it is. It's just an asset. So attached to these tokens are different things like, you know, work of art, you know, music, and, uh, you know, people are, like, now putting, like, different content, like, podcasts attached to NFTs, so it's, it's more like getting, like, a digital, a digital, like, certificate of authenticity, Mm -hmm. so, um, and, and then it, those things are traded across the blockchain, and it's, um, you know, more, like, via, you know, cryptocurrency, or, depending on like what blockchain it's created on, you could collect Ethereum, Tezos, you know, I'm really working with uh, Nier right now. I've actually gotten an opportunity uh, to like, to take on a new role with them. It's through the open web sandbox through Nier protocol blockchain. And what we do is we connect creators with each other so that they could collaborate in order to build the ecosystem of the Nier blockchain. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, uh, a lot of you know words, but uh, 
but basically it's just connecting creators with each other and we're funded by the near foundation uh and uh we're able to um put out rolling opportunities into like you know like monthly tasks so that people that are introduced into the near blockchain could easily like partake in and earn a little bit of near while looking to collaborate with other people so it's it's a real huge opportunity for me and I, i'm pretty excited about it it's going to allow me to you know really help like build the ecosystem for near and uh, you know you know get to know a lot more people and network but because that's what's that's basically what i've been doing uh, ever since the pandemic hit i i needed to find a different way to um to put out my creation right exactly so <laughs> yeah so when i came across nfts i really really like researched like a lot of hours like figuring out okay how does this work how am, how is this gonna like benefit me if i were to put my you know comic or anything that i create onto the blockchain like what what does it do right like wh mm. what does this all do for me so basically what it does it eliminates the middleman for me so before in order for me to put out my comic book i needed it to be i needed to submit it to a publisher or i needed to you know self publish it myself mm -hmm. and i don't know if you've ever looked into self publishing a book or anything music anything it's it's a lot of hard work and it takes a lot of time and effort and different things that not one person could always do unless you're a robot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but so 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 i started looking into you know the publishing aspect and whenever you whenever you go through the publishing aspect of going through a publisher you have to submit your work in hopes of one person thinking it's good enough to show to everybody else and think that it's good enough for everybody else you know what i'm saying so yeah. you're relying on one person right and sometimes that one person isn't always right you know what i mean like you've heard plenty of times all the scripts that get passed up by different production companies right Right, or and the it turns into like a, exactly turns into a huge hit. So mm -hmm. that that's that's kind of what blockchain does for creators is that I don't need, I don't really need a publisher anymore. What I what I do is I put it on blockchain and it's 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 official. Like it's never to be unless I delete it myself. There will ne there will never be anybody else that could prove that they did what like they did my work before me. Right, right. And you so can, and uh, now. You can also like make it like your whole vision, right? Without it being like torn apart. Like, hey, take this out. It, it's full like creative control, right? Basically. Exactly. Exactly. It, the only thing that's a little bit different is that you know you work before you get paid. Mm -hmm. So I mean, it's not even that much different. Like whenever you're collaborating and you're creating content, uh, most of the times you're working and not getting paid. Mm -hmm. So uh, whenever it comes into the NFT part, there's a lot of new platforms that are building uh, uh, like uh, places to where collaborators could write off like in like right from the beginning, whenever you mint your NFT or create your product, so to speak, you'll be able to put into the smart contracts who gets what as far as revenue and as far as royalties. And after that, you never have to speak to each other ever again. So even if you have some falling off, like you hear about all these different stories, right? Oh, the, like some person from this 
franchise decided they didn't want to be a part of it anymore and like like things are going to court like that will never happen because mm-hmm. it's already separated by these smart contracts mm-hmm. so it's not really the nft it's the application of what smart contracts are doing for these type of collaborations it's it's crazy man it's it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot to take on at first but the more you research and uh like want to understand how it's changing things then it's the, it's the only way you'll be able to you know kind of have it all like coming together it's going to be one of those where people listen to this podcast if somebody finds it like years down the road back and now like that'll be like the the norm as opposed to this like this is still like new and fresh i know a lot of people aren't going to understand what's going on and i'm still trying to process it to process it too you sent me like videos and stuff on like and i'm still like learning the process of all this stuff but it's it's real neat to 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 learn and and this new, like new avenue that's been open for possibly this is like the best thing that could happen for creators basically right? it, pretty much man pretty much and like like i said the organ the organization i've uh, aligned myself with the uh, open web sandbox through near Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we are collaborating with like different people. It's across the world. It's not just, you know, United States based. It's like the, the people that are on my team right now, like, I, like Sophia, she's the one who's like pretty much in charge. Sophia and Ovard. Ovard's mm-hmm. from the Philippines and, uh, Sophia's from Moscow. And then our, our, <laughs> our person who does all like our IT stuff right now is Valentina and she's out of Italy. So like, like we're like meeting at different times of the day. And it's funny, like, like I have a meeting with Ovard Nick on Tuesday, but I have to wake up at 5 a.m. and it's for him. For him, he's 11 hours behind. Oh me. wow! <laughs> yeah, so it's it's real cool. Like at first, it, at first it could be overwhelming trying to figure out what time to uh, communicate with people. But whenever you guys are on the same page and have the same mindset on what you're trying to you know accomplish, like mm-hmm. whatever goals you have set, it's it's uh it's a uh like a a breath of fresh air man like mm-hmm. it's hard to find people that are like-minded and want to see what you see for the future and for your projects or your whatever you're collaborating on it's it's hard and uh with with de- like diving into the nft space i've really uh put myself out there and i started networking on different you know platforms i, I originally started on twitter and then from there it took me to like telegram to discord to uh clubhouse you know i i get onto these um clubhouse chats with different nft artists and we talk about different things and and how we should approach you know the marketplaces there's so many different platforms opening up there's so many blockchains out there that like i i talk to them and i tell them i'm like look like everybody's talking about this being like the internet right mm-hmm. we got to look at it much more than it being like a new internet it's like a if the internet and credit cards like com- combined, right? Like there's all right, these right. new cryptocurrencies. There's all these new platforms. Like we got to look at these platforms, like, um, like, like different stores. Like if you go to like um, outlets, like mall outlets, right? right. There's Nike, there's, uh, there's coach, there's whatever Adidas. There's all these separate places for you to purchase things. It's the same thing, except imagine if Nike had their own, their own, uh, currency, right? It's it's it, they already have it. You have you have gift cards, yeah, right? Yeah. That you can only use at certain places. It's similar like that. Well, 
Uh, it's similar to that, but they're expanding upon it. And like with Nier, the reason why I've uh, aligned myself with them is they've intro- introduced this new concept called uh, uh, interoperability. And that allows multi- multi-blockchains to actually uh, merge with each other and like work with each other and convert different assets from one blockchain to the other. So that way it's, it's kind of making it to where you don't have to go to an exchange to exchange something else. Like you'll be able to do it all seamlessly. So we're working on like doing stuff that way. At least that's what the blockchain is doing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm not on that particular project, but I'm like, that's part of like what Nier is doing. Like that's what they're expanding upon. In addition to scaling down the transaction fees that it costs to send cryptocurrency or, you know, send digital assets on the blockchain, which for near, it's like super minimum versus Ethereum. You hear all these different stories where like, Oh, I wanted to buy an NFT for 40 bucks, but it, it you know, it cost me $80 to purchase it. And it's all just because that's, it's, there's multiple transactions happening at the same time that mm-hmm. all these people are, are like all these networks within the, the Ethereum blockchain are, you know, being used. And so the more like the more transactions that are happening at once, the higher cost it is to send a transaction. So <laughs> it's just, it's yeah, dude. So like, like I said, uh, you know, Nier is really working on becoming more efficient and scaling down everything. So uh, it's clear you really haven't been up to much since the start of the pandemic, right? <laughs> yeah, I haven't really been been um, up to anything. I, I still do. I am still working on uh, like like my art and stuff. Like good, I good. I plan to put out you know Henry the Elf later this year. I've become a curated artist with uh, Paris HQ, who uh, like I'm able to create digital art cards. Mm-hmm. through oh, nice. through the yeah so that's how i heard about near is that their their, their platform is built built on the near blockchain mm-hmm. so that's how i like got into it and i've you know i attended different like um crowdsource events and stuff like that so uh that's that's one of the platforms i'm on i'm also on multiple black blockchains not just one because i i really think that diversification is key mm-hmm. in in the digital asset industry so I've put myself on, you know, there's a uh, foundation, which is like an invite only. So another artist invited me to be on there. And uh, so I have like one or two things only on there because I like the, I like the idea of a foundation. It's just there's different costs associated with different platforms. So they, like it, they charge extra for me to actually put up a piece and then they charge extra for certain things like for me to send it afterwards like it's crazy mm-hmm. so the fees are a little bit more on that one but i'm also on rareable uh to catch some of my stuff on open sea um i'm on it's it's hard to pronounce but it's hike and nuke but that's on the tezos blockchain but uh yeah man like i i i'm on a couple of different places and there's a lot of different collaborations i've been working on with different individuals in the nft space and a whole bunch of content will be coming out soon. And it's a lot of stuff like, like I'm really, really, really putting myself out there and um, getting into vulnerable situations where I am forcing myself to learn how to do certain things like animation and uh, really test my skills to kind of like make, like be different. You know what I mean? You have to be different whenever yeah. you're, you're in a new market. So like a lot of my digital cards 
uh, are starting to have animation. And I'm, I'm working on, um, on a collaboration with a guy from L.A. And then I, I can't remember where this other guy is, Bob. Bob, he, I, the, how I met Bob is through a virtual world which is called the Decentraland. <laughs> so I'm working with these two guys. One's out of LA and I believe Bob might be in, in New York or Canada. But either way, we're working together and we're, I'm going to be putting together some digital art cards where the, the frame of the card is actually animated. So there's not any card on the platform like that right now. So as soon as I get done with what I'm doing right now, I'm going to go ahead and start working on that. Dude, that's <laughs> so exciting, that should be dude. Coming I, I'm super pumped for you. I'm glad you're putting yourself out there. Uh, the way Bruce Arians say, no risk and no biscuit, man. So, I mean, yeah, dude. <laughs> I hope it works out for you, man. This is, this is awesome. I love hearing all this stuff and I know it's brand new. I'm sure people, when people listen to this, they'd be like, what the hell's going on? But, uh, <laughs> I, this is awesome, man. Like, I'm, again, I'm super pumped for you. I'm, I'm glad to, to hear about all this stuff. Thanks, man. I, I just really think it's all about embracing change. You know what sure. I mean? Like, like we went through a whole bunch of change as society, right? Yeah. So, you know, you got to embrace it and really look forward instead of staying in the same place. Because if, and you know, we all have different goals and dreams. Mm-hmm. And the only way we could accomplish them is by trying to stay ahead. For so, sure. and, and fortunately, I'm in a, in a great situation. You know, my wife is really supportive. And uh, she really helps out. Like, not like that's just a part of what I like. I encounter on a daily basis. I do have, uh, you know, three kids. Uh, I have Cameron. Cameron is two years old. Mm-hmm. So I, I like during the day, I I hang out with him all day long. He uh, he's everything. So that's what I do. What I so got that. Yeah. So got that work life balance, which is perfect. <laughs> Good for you. Man. Well, yeah, we're. Tr- it, we're trying. We're learning different routines, but like I said, it, you know, she's very supportive of of me. So, uh, you know, it's because of her. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Good for you. All right, buddy. Let's uh, let's turn our attention to uh, the main event of this show, what we're here to talk about, and that is the the sequel to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which comes a year after the original, which is uh, kind of it wasn't Wild. the norm yet, but uh, it's nope. like whoa, like. They really fast-tracked this thing. So let's reflect back on the original a little bit. So um, obviously, we're, we were both in agreement on that one. We both like that movie, right? It's it's aged well, um, and it's still very playable today, right? Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. It's one of my favorite movies to watch whenever, uh, you know, whenever I'm, like, have time to sit down and enjoy a, a flick, especially you, from the past. Are your kids <laughs> at that age where they can kind of be entertained by it or watch it or understand what's going on or yeah my my two older ones are they've seen it plenty of times <laughs> yeah they're uh they're about to be 14 so they don't really they don't really like to spend time with us right now you know how teenagers you. are I'm, I'm about to hit that stage soon so <laughs> oh, I, I, i'm not Good looking luck. forward to that <laughs> <laughs> oh man but yeah i mean uh it uh i really enjoy the first ninja turtles it's one of my favorite movies like I, i've always tell people like it really changed the game for mm-hmm. independent films and you know the animatronics behind it i love jim henson right you know so that was that was a big huge thing so yeah the first one's amazing okay so that one comes out it's a huge success box office forget the critic right box, box office it does like a chunk of money so 
obviously the studios were like, let's greenlit this thing. Let's pump one out the next year. So we get this one out exactly almost a year later from the original uh, release. Um, come out, it came out in March 22nd, 1991. So I know we're past the anniversary date, but we're still celebrating 30 years of this movie in general. Um, here's a synopsis, Sammy from uh, boxofficemojo.com. You tell me if it's a basic, accurate description of the movie. So it says the turtles and the shredder battle once again, this time for the last canister of the ooze that created the turtles with which shredder wants to unleash an army of new mutants. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, it does. So I believe that's a pretty accurate description and like, at least, you know, in layman's terms, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, you it's always that a little bit to the audience. Just what, what basically what this sequel's about. Yeah. What this, well, yeah, the sequel is about what it said. It, they're trying to locate the ooze. Right. And then they're sneaking into TGRI and, uh, they're encountering the shredder again. And uh, afterwards, you know, it's just a big battle. It's exactly what it said. You're right. <laughs> um, but what the, the, the thing that, the thing that really I wanted to talk about in regards to that is like the title, the secret of the ooze. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's really like no seek secret answered in the movie. Right. So, so, so that's, that, that was what I was actually talking about. The description's like pretty spot on. I like, there was really nothing more I could add to that. Well, but, isn't, uh, isn't it kind of like funny because in the movie, Donatello's like, man, I really thought there was more to this. And he says it like, I don't know, throughout the movie. And it's like, that's kind of, yeah, true. dude, <laughs> it's funny. It's kind of a goofy thing that they did there, but it, there's like a huge backstory to actually what was supposed to happen. Like, like, so I don't know if you, I don't know if we touched base on it in the first uh, podcast about the first movie, but Peter, Laird and um, Kevin Eastman, the creators of Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. they didn't really like the the cartoon. Really, they, they didn't. They didn't really like the the direction that the cartoon was in because, like, like, I, like I don't know if you've ever read the original comics. Like, I'm a huge comics guy, of course. So, like, the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are extremely like bloody and like hardcore. So, like, they, that's why the first movie is more like you know. Uh, like gritty and more like like yeah, yeah. Fight, like they they use their they use their weapons there's like there's a bunch of like fight scenes and it's like legit right like that it was a, like a lot of action and stuff like that so that that's what like like once the cartoon like started to develop and like it started to be more like a kidful thing like they didn't really want want it to be like that yeah but it's crazy that it ended up turning to that like the whole like it's crazy the whole script was supposed to follow uh, issue four of the comic book. And in issue four, they're actually like, like Splinter was captured and um, they're searching for him and they break into uh, uh, the, instead of TGRI in the, in, in the comics, it's called TCRI. Mm-hmm. So in the comics, it's referred to as Techno Cosmic Research Institute. Whereas in the comic, I mean, in the movie, it's uh, Techno Global Research Industries. Ah, and the okay. main difference, the main difference is because the whole reveal for the secret is the ooze is that it, it, it's supposed to be a strain from an alien form called the Utoms. And the Utoms is the, the alien race of Krang. So oh. at the, you do, yeah. So at the, so at the end of the, the movie, 
there was supposed to be like a reveal that uh dr perry mm-hmm. uh the, the like the main doctor in the the movie mm-hmm. he's supposed to actually be like a like a alien robot and you're supposed to he was supposed to reveal that he had like a crane like creature in his stomach like it's it's crazy because that's what ha- like that's almost what happens in the in the comic book except it inside except it's not one like professor like whenever they get into the tcri plays they are encountered by like a bunch of different like 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 a mob of different alien like robots that have the krang like utom creatures in their stomach and it's crazy too because like like in the comic they they wear skin like they wear skin so they look like normal people right and at the end of this like particular issue like they're all just hanging around with their skin off <laughs> in their robot like 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 their regular robot form with their like they had their crank like the crank like creature out on the table like they're all like just drinking like coffee and stuff when mm-hmm. the turtles sneak in so like they're like oh there's no time to put on our skin and so they go out and that's how they they fight the turtles and they're like alien alien like robotic form oh, and it's crazy because then like like the turtles then are then like transferred to another world where they meet this robot named Honeycut and there's like like a triceratops like race and it's just like another world like it's crazy so like that's why they didn't want to like like there's so much more to like the actual comic book that they're just trying to take a certain part from like that storyline because they felt that they could they could really use some of the original content you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but then yeah. at, at, at what, like, at this point, the cartoon was already like, in like, woof, they already had like, had like two or three seasons. Like they were putting out those cartoons like machines. Right. So like they had passed up all the, like all the stuff that they already had built with the comic and like Bebop, Bebop and Rocksteady were like a super huge, like, like thing with the cartoon that, like they, like they weren't in the comic yet you know what i'm saying so like that's why like 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 kevin eastman and peter laird they didn't want it they didn't want this movie to be like the cartoons so that's why they the first script was literally that like it was literally what i just told you about the comic and then they're like no uh, we wanted to you know we want to incorporate new characters but we want to use bebop and rocksteady and these and kevin eastman and peter laird didn't sign off on them and since they didn't want it, like, they didn't want to oh. sign off on that, they decided to move away from the whole Krang thing. <laughs> it's crazy. Damn it. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. And then, and then it changed to where they were going to go ahead and introduce Baxter Stockman and the Mousers. I don't know if you're familiar with the Mousers. The Mousers are, like, the little uh, um, creation he creates to go after, you know, um, Splinter. Like, oh, okay. So, like, they're going to try to, like, incorporate that whole idea and that's how um you know jordan perry came to existence because he was like a knockoff baxter, baxter stockman just the same way as tokar and razor are knockoff bebop and rocksteady like they, there was so much disagreement upon the script and in order to satisfy like the production company they just wrote what came out just like a, <laughs> a real stripped down version totally yeah different. dude it's crazy. It, and, if you think like this property, like let's say they didn't make these movies back in the nineties and they waited till now, you think now they would tell that story just because the, 
all the filmmakers and creators out there now are really like yeah. fans of the properties. So that way they'll yep. tell these stories properly. Do you think that would get a proper treatment today? Or do you think studios would still be like, nah, like we're going to. I think, I think they possible. will. I think they would. I think they would. And I mean, of course they're going to, you know, modernize it to, you know, a certain extent, mm. but yeah, I think they really are like, I'm, like I'm really excited for the Seth Rogen mm. reboot. Um, yep. like, super excited we'll talk about that later <laughs> yeah for sure for sure um so real quickly back to the that storyline with man that's the whole reason we didn't get bebop and rocksteady in in the in the early ninja turtles movies yep that's exactly Jesus. the reason why that's such it's a bummer exactly. man but nice little nugget there with all that information there that uh, and because of toys toys they yeah. they wanted new they wanted new toys so they created you know these new characters for these toys and they they wanted to keep like some type of like um i guess like continuity of some sort by keeping shredder like shredder was always like the main thing you know Mm. the main villain in the in the cartoon so like i guess to like since they weren't like on an agreement on any like particular script Mm. they kind of just did what they wanted to do like what they set out to do what Peter and Laird, what Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman didn't want, they ended up doing anyways. And you could really see how, like, it affected, like, the movie. Not that it was bad. Like, I don't, I, I like the movie. I mm, think it's fun. I, I think it's fun. Like, I, I'm a huge fan of the Ninja Turtles. So, I mean, of course, it's, it, I like the cartoon. So it's, it reminded me like a live action cartoon, which is what they wanted. Mm. Uh, but there's a lot of, like, I think, they don't use their weapons in this movie. I noticed that. I was going to ask you. I was like, "Is there a, what? What are the names of the the ones that Raphael uses? The the, the I guess katana, right? No, those are size, nowhere those in are the size, movie, right? Size? Nope. No. Nope. I remember seeing it. Yeah, they're called size. Yeah, dude, maybe he was uh, picking his teeth or something. Yeah, dude. I don't know. It's they even like, dude. It's so crazy that um, they even like even in the UK version. Mm-hmm. You know how um. At the beginning, Michelangelo grabs grabs those uh, sausage sausage links yeah. and uses them as nunchucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in the UK version, that 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 like little scene was stripped what? because they're yeah they're not like nunchucks were illegal in the UK, so they kind of like like were against <laughs> it and they cut that part because they're like oh it looks too much like nunchucks and we're against this type of violence and on top of that like like. Even the cartoon, like the cartoon, they don't really show them using the their you know, weapons in the UK. They even they renamed it to Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles instead of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles wow. because ninjas are too violent. That's uh, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> also dude. hilarious at the same time. Um, <laughs> yeah, the only weapon I remember seeing visible was Donatello's uh, the bow. Yeah, but it's like a stick. So it's like, yeah. yeah. The bow staff. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, that was one of the more noticeable things. Like, man, there's no weapons. Like, and I remember that being a cool factor in like part one, like, especially at the beginning when Raphael saves April, like that one shot of that side hitting the light. Like, yeah, dude, that's like the main, like, that's what you remember. That, that, and I always remember the scene where he, they popped the head out of the sewer. Yeah, that part and like the and then the turtle shells popping up, like on the on the water. Mm-hmm. Like those are always those are always things that I remember about Ninja Turtle movies, and which is crazy 
Um, I believe that one of those scenes that comes out in this movie was actually shot in the first movie. Which really? Is, you know yeah, yeah. One of the scenes where the, 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 their backs pop out of the water. Oh, I that's think from it's the towards original the end. Movie. Yeah, that's from the original movie. It, is it, I believe it comes out in this movie too. It does. Or, yeah, yeah, that's from the original movie. Oh, okay, interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, dude. It's a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, yeah. the, the the animatronics too. I I believe that in the first movie, they they use like cables and stuff to like maneuver different things mm-hmm. in, in, in the face, and all the machine was like really built into the shell of the actual turtle. Mm-hmm. And then in the second movie, they 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 were able like because of technology or whatever, they were able to create the masks to hold all the expressions and all the machines to work in their masks instead of being using different cables and different like top types of methodologies to make those expressions. It's crazy. I do want to ask you, uh, cause I had this when I was growing up as a kid. Um, not only did I own the movie, but I had the VHS copy of the making of that movie. So like you get to see, you got to see all the behind it. everything you just described is like, I remember cause they would show you, how how the face and the technology how they were able to do the expressions and all that stuff so it's like man that's just that's music to my ears because like i used to watch that and you know as a kid you kind of like maybe like, don't yeah. want to see behind the scenes but like it was also fun just to see how they did everything Dude, i was always the behind the scenes type of guy so i, I remember watching it because i owned that i owned it like mm-hmm. i did own it but I, I only watched it like one or two times to so the behind the scenes part yeah, and, and so like like other than that, I've only seen like clips and different things from like you know videos I watch or like research I do whenever I get drop into like a wormhole on Ninja Turtles, which mm. happens almost all the time. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's like that. Yeah, I, I do remember that video, and it, it is like nice to reminisce about that. <laughs> Man, if I could find that VHS, I'd love to own it again because I don't know how I came to it. I mean, I don't know if it came as a package deal with the movie. Uh, but they didn't do a lot of those back then, right? Like a whole like, just dude. Video. I think it was like a. I think it was like a. They didn't. They they did. They didn't do any of those like behind the scene things. But I believe it was a two pack combo. Like like it was like like, yeah. I I remember it was a two pack combo. Like it was almost like huh. like Titanic. Like you know what I mean? Like it had two yeah. discs too. But it was just like wrapped together. It wasn't like its own case where yeah. you put both of them in there. Like it was just wrapped together like that, yeah. but it, it 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 was real cool. It was real cool, and I think, to be honest with you, I think the reason why they did that was because they wanted to to show all the hard work that you know um, Jim Henson's like crew did. You know what I mean? He had just passed away. Right. He had just passed away. So this movie is actually one of two movies dedicated to him. Mm. So, so I, I think that's the whole reason why they they put that behind the scenes, like a whole celebration and, of the the, yep. the hard work and all that stuff. Which it is, like you, I mean, I remember that that home video vividly, and there's just a, like a lot of stuff that went into like you know doing the fight scenes and all that stuff, and yep, and you add in the acting and and all that stuff, which is just pretty neat. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. It's crazy how how it all went down. But and even like small things like uh like Kino, like Kino. Like, this this is like the only movie or any like like timeline that Kino is actually in. Really? <laughs> he doesn't come out in any other like iteration of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No show, no movie, no anything. 
And it's crazy. Oh, was, he, was he a character made up for the movie or is he part yeah. of the comic lore? No, he's made up for just the movie. Like he doesn't come out in any other, any other thing besides this movie. Cause he wants it's to funny. I actually met, I actually met well. the guy. I actually met the guy at a comic con. He's a real nice guy. Yeah. Uh, I, what's, I forgot his name. Ernie Reyes or something Ernie like Reyes. that. He's, he's a yeah. uh, surf ninjas. Did you ever watch that movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But dude, he actually was the, he's actually was Donatello, one of Donatello, like he was a Donatello person. He was in Donatello. Like he's the, the guy in the suit of the first movie. So they liked him so much. And, since so like like they didn't like okay one of the big things that they wanted to scrap out was casey jones from the oh, first that's movie. A, oh we'll get into yeah. that but man that's one of the things missing in this movie yes dude so like they wanted to scrap out casey jones and instead they put in kino huh. so <laughs> that that's, but what that's, does he really contribute to that story i mean the character's fine whatever it's he's a he's a laugh and a and a joy what, but i don't know I, what does what he really I contribute imagine, what i imagine it being is that it's like if like they wanted a kid to kind of be in the shoes of that character. Like, hey, it'd be cool to be on this adventure with the turtles. So you know what I mean? They were really trying to reach out to kids and I think that's that's what they that's what they were trying to do. I can see that. But I mean I would have had him along more for the ride as opposed to like he comes out at the beginning and yeah. he discovers him later on, then towards the climax he comes in in one scene and it's like Yep. Doesn't really do anything. <laughs> just there. Yeah, man. I, it, it was really a bunch of like rewrites, you know what I mean? That, yeah. that really kind of like contributed to the, what ended up being made. Not, like I said, not that I didn't, didn't enjoy it. It's just, you know, a lot of different things and a lot of different concepts being switched around within, you know, a time span of a year is rough. Like yeah, imagine, yeah, sure. imagine nowadays. <laughs> imagine that Monday and someone's like, pitching all that stuff that you said and they're like nah we're not gonna do that we're gonna make this lighter Dude, I, I, right and we have we have one less week to do it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah man it's that's wild it's wild isn't it like deadlines with production companies they're no joke dude mm-hmm. they'll just take whatever i mean you see it <laughs> you think how quickly they had to put out like a trailer and all that stuff and i wanted to ask you about this guys i looked this up on youtube so i searched up the theatrical trailer which you'll hear at the beginning of this pod uh, and that's the actual one. But then I searched up another one, and I know this this movie was distributed by New Line Cinema, Home Alone, part, right? Which is part of uh, Warner Brothers and stuff. Um, but the one of the trailers I saw, it was and it was like a legit trailer. It said the production company was 20th Century Fox. So I don't know if that was an international thing. Or... Yes, it was. Oh, was it? Okay, cool. I wanted some back. So like, like in in the United States and in Canada, New Line Cinema did did the distribution. But uh, all over, you know, overseas and internationally, like it was all through 20th Century Fox. And the first, the first real theatrical, like theatrical, like trailer for the movie came out on the Home Alone, like release, like the, oh, the VHS. Sense, yeah. So that's why you, that's whenever you look it up, you see the, the 20th Century Fox. I mean, the Home Alone was pre- like, you know, distributed by them. And, right, you right. Know, so like they, they put that in there. They they owned the international rights, so they wanted to show, you know, give a little sneak peek. So technically, it's a Disney property, not. Like- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. All it's these weird, different right? things. Yeah, they, all these different partnerships. <laughs> so, like, when the next Ninja Turtle movie comes out, it's going to be distributed by I think the next merger is Warner Brothers and Discovery. 
I don't know if you've something, been you've been following something. that. Oh man, I don't know. Like I I used to keep up with everything, like everything, everything. But dude, in the last three months, I've really fallen out of this reality and gone into the matrix. So I'm like. <laughs> I'm like literally finding out about these new toys that my sister-in-law is showing me out. And she's like, Oh, look at this. This is, it's like a, it's a, 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 a an infinity gauntlet. I'm like, what? Let me check it out. And she's like, I'm like, when does it come out? She's like, it came out two weeks ago. I'm like, well, well I'm never going to get that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, they're, they're, they're already sold out. Like, Yeah. Jeez. But yeah, man. Yeah. A lot of crazy stuff with like, distribution and rights and all that stuff and i mean everything's just it's all off the rails right now yeah i bet dude it was funny the other day my you know my wife likes to watch uh uh one of these shows on it was cbs at all access or whatever and then Mm. one day it turned to paramount right she's like where's the cbs one where's the cbs one i'm like dude i think they merged you should probably (laughs) check on paramount (laughs) And she's like, oh, they are there. And she's like, oh, it's so much better now. I'm like, yeah, dude, that's why they do this stuff. Yeah, it's it's not going to be long before that one gets absorbed by somebody else. And, you know, yeah, dude. we're going to mm-hmm. see who comes out on top. Uh, secretly, Streaming though, wars. secretly, though, you, and you've been right on this one. You called it a long time ago. The HBO Max, man, has been, like, secretly one of the best ones. Like, dude, it's on another part. level. And ironically folks if you have never seen the teenage mutant ninja turtles movies they're available there on hbo max so i would go check yeah. it out there yeah. i own the blu-ray of course hell yeah dude me too <laughs> yeah i found i found them like not too long ago at a store for like five bucks and i was like hell yeah i gotta get these hell yeah dude i own i own like the three it's the one that comes with all three of them together the blu-ray it was like 14 Is it like bucks. a pizza box or something like that yeah yep okay do you yep. do you have the the box set of the cartoon series or no i do it was have, like in a bus right or something like that yep, i have that one that's awesome I, 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 I know that was one of the ones i wanted to get i just never went out and bought it but the worst awesome. part about it is it's only on dvd so i'm like waiting for a blu-ray unless it came out in the past few months and i don't know about it hmm. like i'm like waiting for it to be like put on into like like 4k <laughs> oh yeah no for sure i'm always i'm always on my website like when are they going to some of these movies that I want in 4K, like, and this would be one of them, just because they were filmed in uh, flat, so you don't get the the white screen bars, so you get the full picture. Yep, I'm always about that. Hell yeah, dude! I, I'm I'm kind of learning a little bit about all these ratio aspects and mm-hmm. how to animate in you know 4K versus HD, and yeah, man, all these different size pixels and resolution. It's I mean, before I was just like, dude, all I need to do is color. And it was already formatted for me. <laughs> now I'm learning all these different things. It's like, oh, shit. Cool. Like, like my my gift doesn't look right. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, that's the only thing I'm like a diva with is like my resolution of movies and stuff like that. Like, yep. if I go to somebody's house and I watch like a DVD, like, no, bro, like, there's a better <laughs> version of this out there somewhere. Like, you can watch that. <laughs> Dude, or like how many frames per second your TV is versus, dude, yeah. you got people. It's crazy. It's crazy how much money people spend and they don't know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, let's talk about this, the box office for this movie a little bit. Um, so the first movie grossed like a hundred, uh, I'm guessing here, but it was like a hundred and around 140 million in the US. And I think it grossed over like 200 million worldwide. So again, big numbers for the first movie. So then we come to the second one. 
the budget is at sorry there's like noise going on outside my apartment uh, i don't know if you can hear that um there was a budget here of 25 million so they obviously they upped it a little bit more sequel got more, yep. it's got more eyeballs on it and i'm sure the studio was a lot more involved and as you mentioned it looks like it in this one so it opens up to 20 million which is it's huge to me huge in the 90s was like 20 in the 25 million range like movie movies opening up like that were like a huge deal yeah so it's nothing to us now because of what we've seen but back then that was like a really really big deal and it was number one at the box office, Sammy. I'm going to list you the five movies that weekend. It finally knocked off Silence of the Lambs, which ended up winning <laughs> Best Picture. So that movie was like on top for like five weeks. So this movie finally knocked it off. It opened, yeah, 20 million. And then Silence of the Lambs grossed like 6 million. So it was like by a wide margin and beat it out. Yeah. Um, I, I believe it was only, only to Ninja Turtle. I think they, they, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 was the second highest grossing independent movie too at that time oh damn I think, yeah I, I i believe that's i believe that is true like they were back-to-back like independent films like that broke records so like like it, it, i think it did well it didn't do as good as the first one but they were right. still like number two for i i don't i don't remember for how long i don't think it was for that much longer because you don't like really records still Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, they still they still were the you know second highest grossing independent film of all time at at the time that they you know opened. And mm-hmm. I think they went on to do what seventy five mil total at the end. Yeah. Was that- so yeah. So real quickly, so twenty five million was the budget. Opens up to twenty. So right there, it's almost going to make back its budget at opening weekend. So that's always a a positive for movies and studios. But yeah, gross is uh, 78.6 million in the US and Canada. Um, I didn't get on the box office mojo. I didn't see any worldwide numbers, but here on Wikipedia, and I don't know how accurate this number is, but it says 54 million, but it says worldwide rentals. I don't know if that means like Oof. home video distribution or if that's just the way they that's, report I it. I believe that's what that means. Okay. But uh, I don't, I don't remember. I think, I think it did almost the same numbers, if not more internationally. I think it did like a hundred. 125 maybe like i think they went it up and like got their money's worth <laughs> definitely yeah. well obviously it, it was i mean it, it wasn't as big a success as the first movie but it was still a success um but i wanted to ask you a little bit why do you think that drop-off was a little bit like because considering how popular the turtles were because they're all over the place toys uh you know bed spreads uh cartoon shows like, why do you think this one, uh, obviously the opening, like everyone came out, but do you think, why do you think it didn't grow much as the first movie or, you know, what do you think? So there, there's two, there's two thoughts that I've had about this and uh, there, and they could be a combination of both, but I know a lot of people did not enjoy the first movie because they thought it was too violent mm-hmm. as, as far as for kids. And then when the first like when they when they said okay we're going to be doing it more commercially it's going to follow more you know for kids and stuff like that mm-hmm. i think that kind of turned off the people who enjoyed the first movie and like 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 all the you know the fighting and the action scenes with the you know all the weapons and like a real it was a real different story mm-hmm. so like 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 i you know obviously people who like me if i was of age at that time I would have gone to the movies like myself and been first in line. And you know what I mean? Right. But like for other people 
who like aren't you know diehard Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fans, I think that those are a couple things that kind of hindered or like were like, hey, I'll just wait to see how, what people think of it first. Like you know what I mean? Because back then the critics were everything. Right. Like crit- critics were everything. They make you or break you. So uh, like like the critics from this movie, like they didn't really like like they didn't really like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not gonna lie to you, Sammy. It's still kind of like that because I'll be at work and I have people that come up. And they're deciding on what to watch. And they'll be like, oh, well, what does Rotten Tomatoes say? And they, yeah. like, I hear that verbiage a lot. Like, oh, this movie has a whatever 70-some on Rotten Tomatoes. And, like, they'll they'll pay attention to that. So that still kind of has some influence. I mean, not as much as it, as as you said, used to back in the day. Like, because it, you know, somebody like Siskel and Ebert could, like, ruin you. Yes. Which they did to this movie. I mean, sometimes movie, they or movies are this movie. Yeah, I was watching their review on it. And they're talking about like how depressing it was. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? Like, turn your brain off a little bit. Like, and I get this reputation for myself online when I don't like something. And they'll be like, oh, you know, Palace, why does your movie got to be all Oscars or whatever? I was like, dude, I like movies like Ninja Turtles. Like, I can, you know, enjoy goofy movies like that. Like, I know how to have fun with movies like this. And, uh, but yeah, the Cisco Niebuhr did shred this movie. Uh, to shits and <laughs> they complain about the violence too, but I'm like, dude, it's did you not like see the first movie. Violence. Yeah, dude, exactly. <laughs> there wasn't even it wasn't even as violent. Like, uh, what I think Shredder only interact. Like, I think Shredder and the Ninja Turtles only interact maybe one time. I think there's like a punch thrown or like he throws he throws like Michelangelo or Raphael at all of them and they all fall. Like that's the only time they ever really interact. Right. Like it's crazy how like. How like how he's a villain mm. and he gets defeated by no interaction. <laughs> we'll talk about the end of the movie. <laughs> it works. Yeah. Um, one of the things also that was mentioned in their review was like they're like, oh, I kind of hate that they don't stand for something because they they start mentioning like Batman and Superman and all that stuff. They all have like morals oh. or a code and. It's like, dude, they're like, they're supposed to be playing kids. Like, what do you want they're out of teenagers. them? They're like, teenagers. Yeah. Exactly. And exactly. also, um, they're like, oh, there's got to be more to it. And it's like, well, didn't you watch the first movie? Like, there they did highlight a little bit more of the angst, especially, like, with Raphael, like, what a teenager is going through, like, emotionally and stuff. Yep. So they did a good job with that. I kind of wish maybe there would have been a little bit of that in the sequel, but I get that they had to hyper it up and make it more fun and not as, like, gritty. Yeah, dude. Yep. Yep. I mean... There, there, there's like I said, there's a lot of there's a lot of good things about the movie, and I enjoy it still. Like I said, but it doesn't compare to the first one. That I like the, the feeling that you get when you watch the first one. You're like, wow! At the very end of the movie, you're like, wow! This is this was a good movie. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> like you know what I mean? And not just because I'm a huge fan of it. It's just like it separates itself from a lot of different things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was true to the fucking comic. So, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, dude, it, it was cool. And uh, I don't know if, uh, like, I don't know if you've done any like any other research besides what you've uh, already talked about. But uh, like connecting it to one of your other passions, uh, wrestling. I don't know yes, if you know, but where you're going with this? Yes, dude. Kevin Nash was a super shredder. Yes, I, <laughs> I, I did read up on that trivia like years ago, and I was like, what? And then I went back and watched, it and I was like, you could, I could tell at one point where. I noticed his eyes. And I was like, okay, that is him. Um, there's that. Dude, and, you know, go ahead. No, I was like, dude, I saw a picture of him, like, whenever, like, out of his outfit. Like, it's funny because he doesn't really look like him. Like, he, yeah. I mean, even, like, 
if you really like 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 look at it yes it does but whenever you first glance at it you're like damn that's kevin nash <laughs> kevin nash man who who knew that that guy would actually even have like a little nice little movie career he's you know he's popped up in john wick and magic mike and he's done like nice little things yeah dude yeah uh kevin nash like i've always enjoyed kevin nash man and it was cool to know that he was you know shredder <laughs> yeah and back when, back when i finally got into like wrestling like hardcore and then i went back and would watch these movies occasionally when michelangelo men- mentions the the wrestlemania line i was like, <gasps> like both of these worlds colliding like in one like movie of like ah oh, dude like this it just hits all the right spots for me <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's 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 awesome. I, I I like that trivia. I like throwing that at people, and they're like, "No way, I didn't know that." Yeah, but speaking of that WrestleMania line and stuff, I I gotta say, like, this is like the first movie that I'm covering on this series where, and I, we talked a little bit about this off the air, where it really feels like a '90s movie that you're watching. Like, you can tell it's from that time, you know, with the pop culture references, the music, which we can dive into that. The now. wardrobe, the wardrobe, wardrobe yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on 30 years later, Ninja Rap by Vanilla Ice? Oh man, Ninja Rap. So like, it's crazy that we talked about the budget they had. Apparently they had a over, like they ended up having extra amount of money, Uh like at the end. So they, they were looking for somebody to, you know, come into the movie and Vanilla Ice was fucking like, like super popular at the time. He had just came out with a, a Ice Ice Baby. Yep. So they paid him all the extra money that they had excess of for like production to bring him in. And so, yeah, I, dude, Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go is my, it's my jam. <laughs> tell, tell me, tell me as a kid, you didn't reenact that scene where they're fighting all the time in the club and then they break into that dance routine. It's just, well, it's just chef's all the kiss. time, dude. Chef's dude my, kiss. Si- my sister was a cheerleader. So of course we were doing that stuff. <laughs> you know, um, I'm not ashamed to say it. <laughs> Real quick note for the audience out there. Ninja rap by Vanilla Ice. It peaked on the Billboard charts at number fourteen in nineteen ninety one. So that's that's not bad considering like there's a, a hell of a lot of music out there. So this song <laughs> yeah. was pretty popular for its time. Uh, you listen to it now. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people be like, "This is cheesy as shit," but it works <laughs> yep. in the movie. It comes out of nowhere in the final act. I, I like that they saved it for the final act too because this is something that could have easily been like in the middle of the movie or and forgotten about. But it comes out of a, a very important part of the movie. <laughs> yeah dude it's funny like i i read that like like i read that one of the ninja turtles was like a super huge like uh vanilla like ice fan like like one of the guys who played in the in the body like outfits was a huge one like vanilla ice fan and so whenever vanilla ice first came on to like uh their production shoot or whatever Mm -hmm. and uh he came in and this guy went over there and started hugging him and it started like this huge like fight between like the Ninja Turtles and like like Vanilla Ice's posse because Vanilla Ice didn't appreciate it at the beginning. Like I don't know. Apparently he was kind of a jerk on the on the set. But oh, I'm sure yeah. he's like a diva. You know, he's gaining in popularity. You know, his ego's growing a little bit. You know, I could see it for sure. It's for sure. It's, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. Those are just the like stories I've heard. I mean, I don't. I don't want him to someday listen to his podcast or right? be like, oh, fuck that guy. Like, no, I don't know. <laughs> but that's just what I heard. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know we've been bouncing in and out of different things. Um, I want to circle back to, I guess, just simple things. Like, w- what are a couple things that you did like about this sequel like, that you can name top of your head? 
Dude, I, I like I like that it was playful. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that it was playful. I, I mean, it really makes me feel like I'm a kid again whenever I watch it. So mm-hmm. that's why I think it still holds up. Maybe maybe it's just me and maybe I'm just biased. I don't know, but I like the nostalgia feeling. And we're already getting to that age where, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, man, like, it's a to be at that. Yeah, to be at this to be at this particular point in my life again would be crazy and amazing at the same time. Right. Yeah, it was nice to revisit these movies a couple of years ago with my girls when they were seeing them for the first time. They liked them too, so it, it was nice to relive that. And of course, rewatching this, like I rewatched this last night, and I hadn't seen it in a while. I was like, man, it's still like such a fun. Like again, it's an hour and a half, so it's like it's not like you're spending like your whole day like watching the movie like. Exactly, and it's it's a fun escapism. Yep, it it really it really captures like the essence of the cartoon show, and Mm -hmm. that's what they really were striving to go for. And I think they did what they they achieved what their goal was. And I like as somebody who likes Ninja Turtles and the cartoon, I think you know it's a great movie. And again, I forgot I forgot we mentioned this in the first pod was the the Burger King Kids Club. Uh, cartoon tapes attached to this movie or was it for the first one? I forgot. Cause I remember seeing the commercials for Burger King. I think King it's for, this, for one. this one. It was, really I, I'm pretty game. sure it's this one. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty positive. There was like a, the blue, the red and the yellow one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, dude. I, I never got the yellow one. I'm so, uh, you know what? I think there was four of them. I actually, I'm correcting myself. There was a purple one too. Yeah. So, Yes, yes. So it was all the colors of the masks of the turtles now that I remember it. But yeah, I only have the blue one and the red one. Funny story about those tapes is that I encountered somebody randomly on Twitter who was selling them. And I was like, and he's like, DM me if you want them. And I was like, cool. And it was like a cheap price. I think it was like 20 bucks for like the three or four tapes that it was. And I took a risk, right? Because you don't know who you're dealing with. Yeah. And uh, no, the guy was cool. I sent him the money. And he actually had sent me a picture like hey look i mailed it out and i was cool and i got the tape so they're in my collection now so oh that's awesome dude yeah. hell yeah hell yeah that's awesome uh i'm trying to remember the storylines of those but i can't i can't remember exactly i got i gotta i gotta rewatch them yeah <laughs> i, I got them right now i haven't YouTube. even watched them I, I'll, I'll probably revisit them now that we, we've been talking about this i'll probably watch them soon but yeah and no, i remember one of them being like uh i know like april's like uh Either she has like a twin or a royal something. It was, I remember one of those storylines. It was like weird and, and just wacky, just fun yeah, adventures. I, I, I think also one. I don't. I think there's. I think one of them is where Uma or Irma. I can't remember if her name's Irma or Uma. But Irma, what like April O'Neil's assistant, like like the the secretary chick. I don't know if you remember her, but yeah. uh, she actually like grows to like like fucking fifty feet in the air, and they like she's. <laughs> trying to encounter like like some alien race that's going to get her back to normal size and it's crazy i think (laughs) i I remember that yeah (laughs) i think that's one of those videos it's hilarious awesome um all right so we got the fun factor out of it and that's one of your biggest reasons um I'm, i'm gonna go a different route i this is one of the reasons that i liked and it's it's taken me a while to get there but it i'm finally settled on it is that i'm all about continuity and casting continuations, but I'm okay with the change in April O'Neil here with uh, Paige Turco, the actress that they got. I like her yeah. a lot. She's grown on me. Like, yes. Part three, she's annoying, but here she's like really fun. And 
sexier and uh, more like just kind of fun. Like, like the first yep. April's like was kind of like a tight ass a little bit. Yep, um, I agree. But here she was more like laughing with all the jokes, and Michelangelo flirts with her, and she's like being all girly about it. I don't know. I I just fell in love with the character. I wish she had more to do in the movie, though. Like I kind of would have wanted her in the climax part of it, even if you have to have her like be like the damsel in distress or whatever. Yep. At least it gives the turtles a bigger reason to you know be more you know aggressive in fighting or or whatever the case. Yeah, for sure. And I I I agree with you on all those statements that you just made. Um, I think the the real the real reason. Well, this is what I've read. So like they. Like Judith Hogue, she didn't really like her time on the set of the first Ninja Turtle movie, and she's very critical of it being too violent. Mm. So they just didn't even call her, and they they casted you know th- this new uh, what was her name Turok? I forgot Paige Turco or pa- yeah Paige yeah Paige Turok. And the reason why they did is she looked more like April from the cartoon. Mm-hmm. She looked way more like April from the cartoon, and it's funny that we we talk about this because. You know, like when the first movie was getting made, like there wasn't the, the cartoon wasn't really coinciding together with it. Mm-hmm. It was more like the comic. And yeah. in the first comics, April O'Neil kind of looks like Judith Hogue. It's crazy. Like, like, I don't know. She like the curly hair is there. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like it, it just looks more like her. And I just feel like they were trying to make it look like, you know, resemble like the cartoon. This, mm-hmm. It's what they always base this movie on. Like yeah. they wanted it to be like the cartoon, even uh, going against like, like the creators, like that's what was selling. Those were, that's what sold the, the toys. That's what sold everything. Like that's how you got commercialized all over. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, so I, like, I, I agree with you. It's, it's, um, I, I don't really watch the third movie to be honest with you. I haven't watched the third movie in years. Years, I to, years. I used to like it a lot too because I remember, I remember liking the toys a lot from that that line. Yeah, the toys were cool because I liked the they added like the the cool dots to them to make them look. I don't know. There was something about the figures that that they just popped more to me. Um, and of course, I remember seeing that one. I remember seeing in the theater, and then obviously the home video. But you know, as the years have gone by, like uh, like it just I don't know. Yeah why they went with that storyline or, or they did that story. I don't know. It just didn't... Yeah, dude. I don't know why they went with that story either. I, I'm guessing they wanted to try to attach like the ninja aspect of it and yeah. take him back that way. But uh, it's not something I really enjoy watching. So I haven't really watched it in like, dude, like 15 years, maybe 20 years, dude. Man. Like that's Casey how Jones comes back in that one. <laughs> he does. He does. But he, he... <laughs> But still, I don't know. I <laughs> I just just don't really don't really count that one. But even though you know, like I think there's only like five actors or actresses or you know whatever you want to call them that come back for the third movie. Yeah, out of there's something like that. I I can't remember what I read, but I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. Like, who would have wanted to you know be in this third one that <laughs> had nothing to do with anything? Right. Um... It's all toys. Yeah, that's all it was. And we don't have to get much into that one, but that one tanked and that one didn't do well at all. And that was like the end of the turtles for a while on the big screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Until we got that CGI one and then we got Michael Bay turtles, which were, ugh. but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but back to this movie, uh, any other th- notes on it that you liked or stuff that you didn't like or wish they would do or would have done differently? Dude, I mean, I would definitely more you know 
action. Mm. I mean, it, it, it they still have some action in there. Don't get me wrong. There's some fight scenes and stuff like that, but there it could it could have had more. Mm. Like I'm more of a like like I like bloody stuff. So obviously, not the first one didn't have much blo- like didn't have blood. I don't think. They, the Raphael like, scene where they beat the shit out of him, like yeah, yeah, or like like whenever like in the first movie where it, like like splinters hanging you know what i mean mm-hmm. you can see like he's like like stress like dudes like stuff like that like i don't know i think it could have been it could have had more of that type of tone yeah like but like i get like, again i get what they're going for so i don't really i don't i don't know i'm not sure i really would change anything just because i know what they're going for i'm gonna but, argue that uh these fight scenes are the ones that i remember in this movie are more memorable like the obviously the the intro of the movie where they're all fighting in the the little shop yeah uh, like that the tgri fight in the headquarters like i love that fucking fight they're they're doing the huddle and making it like a yep fight. and they're playing football and they're skating on it th- yeah dude it, and it's the, fi- cool. the physics of it all don't make sense because that tgri bottle is like flying around weird when they're talking <laughs> it and it's like yep the freaking foot clan instead of just leaving with it they're like teasing them with it like why would you do that like if i'm a villain villain, i have that thing i'm like i'm getting the fuck out of there like not dealing with these guys (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure i guess like that's that's how they had to compensate for not using their weapons you know what i mean yeah they had to they had to make it memorable with like doing playful things like that and it works it works they're the ninja turtles they're they're teenagers they're they're not to be taken serious yeah and then, of course, the fight in the in the club with Vanilla Ice that doesn't get more iconic than that. Like, I think those fight scenes were incredible. Like, to me as a kid, they were everything. And I'm like, man, if I ever got in a fight in a club, I want it to be go down exactly like that. <laughs> um, yeah. That's hilarious oh, for sure, dude. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure, hundred percent. I just think it could have been a little bit more like more violent i don't know <laughs> um here's a nitpick from me on uh, one of the things that i didn't like and uh just because it, it hurt me because he's my favorite turtle was they didn't get Corey feldman back for donatello's voice like that oh man that was a big yeah big blow yeah he was going to and it's not that they didn't have money mm-hmm. I, I i think he was just like like I forgot what was going on with him at the time, but I think like he was going through like a bunch of stuff where like it wasn't looking too good for him as a like as an individual, or maybe he like binged on drugs or something. I can't ex- I can't remember exactly what happened. He came back for the time. third one, right? I think I remember. Yeah. yeah. Yep. He did come back for the third one, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's still Donatello was still cool in this movie. He is. He has a lot. To, he's a lot uh, more vocal and a lot more present. You know you know dealing with the professor and you know all the science of it all like of course he's the yep. nerd uh but yeah no the that's really missing and then of course the casey jones thing which we mentioned earlier like it could have been this movie could have had a little bit more of an edge to it with casey jones back in the picture yeah man yeah apparently there is like there's like w- like like uh parent groups that were like trying to like boycott against like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for because Casey Jones like represented like a bad individual like they didn't like him like <laughs> they didn't like that he was off the streets and then wore that mask because they oh. thought it was too scary like they just thought it would be a bad influence for kids so mm. that's why they scrapped him what a bummer man so for real. Ca- Casey Jones got cancelled for the sequel <laughs> basically <laughs> right yep um, yeah I would have loved to have seen like the sexual tension between him and this April that they got for this movie. I'm like, that would have been 
some yep. fun. I know it would have been too, a little bit too risque for a kids movie, but uh, I think the the chemistry I think would have been a little better, and she would have played off of that as far and instead of being such a. And I'm not anti like women or tough women, but in the first movie, it's kind of like, eh, like she's just like so turned off by him. But then at the end, obviously they they kiss and all that stuff. But yeah, I think here she would have been more playful with it. And again, you could have used April more as a damsel in distress, like for the climax of the third act, just to get her more involved in the in the story. Um, yeah, dude, they really wanted. I I think there wasn't really much like planned for April with this second like with the sequel Mm -hmm. but in order to keep like like you know continuity and like you know consistency with that was among some of the characters they kept her on i mean Mm -hmm. she's a big she's a big part of the ninja turtles of course like you know but um yeah dude they all the all the writing changes really kind of messed it up because in in the comic books april o'neill is like the assistant to baxter stockman so if they were going to try to introduce Baxter Stockman, they're going to have to change how April or who April was. So that's why it, they, that's why it's all these rewrites ended up being with with Jordan Perry, April O'Neil staying the reporter, mm-hmm. and you know stuff like that. And I mean that's kind of how it, it, if uh, if you watch the the newer ones with, that Michael Bay did, mm-hmm. um, I, I believe I'm pretty sure that. Megan Fox starts off as Baxter, Baxter Stockman's assistant too, or like the Baxter Stockman and her dad work together or something yes. crazy like that. You're, you're on, you're on the right track with that. Yeah. So, so that's how kind of like they tied it in together in the newer movie, just to stay true to like the, the, the source material. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that like, it's kind of unfortunate that they didn't really write a better part for her. Yeah. Um, let's see. What's the other thing? Obviously, this has the best intro for pizza in general. <laughs> yep. You tell me you don't watch that movie the first like few minutes of everybody in New York City eating a slice of pizza, <laughs> and you not wanting to go get a slice yourself. Like you're either like you're. I don't believe you. Like you ha- you get hungry for pizza. It really it really sets the tone for how the movie is. Like because whenever you think of like pizza, you think of like a pizza party, right? Like like teenagers, yeah. like you know what I mean. So it really like sets the tone for how how it is with the like the music the mm-hmm. I, I can hear it in my my head right now i don't want to sing it because i'm not a singer but yeah i could uh, replay that those images in, in my head easily with all the pizzas pizza it's the credit cool. colors the color it's all colorful and you could tell right off the bat that this movie is like way different than the first one just with all yep. the coloring and stuff like that um <laughs> i want to get a little bit more into kino just a little bit and some of the stuff that he just gets himself into like first when he's off delivering the pizza, what is it about <laughs> that? He looks across the streets like, Hey, I'm just going to go pay attention to what's going on over here. Like what about <laughs> that signals danger to him? I don't know. <laughs> dude. I know, man. Dude, everything from like, oh, dude, what does he say at the beginning? He's like, huh, you're lost. Like, what is he? He's talking to those ladies. What's up ladies. And then like, they're oh, like, oh yeah, yeah. I, I wrote this down cause I had it in my head. It made me laugh. And it's a line that wouldn't fly today where he's like, Hey ladies, who's going to hop on the ride with me and whatever, <laughs> yeah. get lost. And he's like, or dream on buddy. And he's like, Oh, next time I'll dream of something a little thinner. And I was like, yeah. damn. <laughs> and the girl's not even big. That's the part that where the joke doesn't land. Cause it's like, dude, the girl's like not even big. So, but even yeah, then like that joke wouldn't high. land today. <laughs> 
Dude, it's so funny. Yeah, it, it, the one-liners he drops are h- hilarious sometimes. Or like, like, uh, dude, or just the things that he's doing, like, like how they present him. Like whenever he's doing the the like trying to be inducted into the Foot Clan. And oh, like, that part's cool. That seems cool. They, they, he's like supposed to grab all those like like bells right yeah. off that person and like the way that the, the way the shot ends up with him holding all of them is just hilarious it's just like like he like doesn't know how it happened either like it, it's just funny well that whole scene's hilarious because the the head of the foot clan guy is like try to remove all this without making any noise and all you hear is Raphael's it's noise. <laughs> it's like how do you not hear all this <laughs> dude i know it's it's so funny i yeah you <laughs> the situations Kino gets himself into are pretty fun. The other scene that I found like very disturbing was um, it's the part when he discovers the turtles at April's apartment is he's trying to open the door to get into her apartment. And it's like, why is he doing that? Instead of like knocking or trying to like, you can hear the doorknob trying to open. And April's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, and she's like, Oh, this guy ordered pizza, or whatever. And, you know, now he doesn't want any. And then he just welcomes himself in. Dude, to it's the so funny. And, and it's just like normal for them, right? Like, it's just like, like oh, welcome to our family now. Like, yeah. <laughs> dude, wow. It, it, yeah, dude. It's like, a, it, it's an imaginary story. Yeah. But I, And I love how Splinter just gets off on always wanting to tell the origin story. So he was like, just jumping at the bit to tell Kino this story of how, how these turtles came to be. And, uh, What's the other thing? And that's in just in that whole apartment in general. Imagine living downstairs and <laughs> underneath. Them. And I know that April meets like some neighbors are like, "Hey, what's going on with your aerobic stuff?" And it's like, dude, they're oh, just yeah, flipping yeah, yeah. around in the apartment and all that shit. Dude, it's funny. I I uh, I read also that the, the the entrance to April O'Neil's apartment in the movie is actually the entrance to uh, the Jim Henson studio. Oh yeah. So like, yeah, yeah. So like, that's like the entrance, like, like to their studios, and like that's their, their hallway and everything. Mm-hmm. That that was like part of the scene. A small little cameo from a building. Nice. A lot of uh, a lot of um, homage to Jim Henson. Um, yeah, dude. How did you feel? Obviously, the looks a little bit different as far as like the like the you know the whole getup of the turtle. Like, did you yeah. like the improvement on it, or do you still like the original? Or they're kind of like a little bit more grimier yeah. the colors are a little bit more faded on their what is I, it? I do i do like the original a little bit more not that i don't like the new version it's just i prefer the original version i mean their eyes are more like like their eyes aren't as like eyeish as real life people you know what i mean like there's more of like a like a uh, like a point in their eyes in right. the mask versus like this like in the new one you can see their eyes open like wide you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. like, or like the teeth, the teeth and the, the teeth in this one are kind of crazy. They're a little bit bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And then like the spots and stuff. I don't know if I like the spots as, as mm. so much. I did, I did like how they transferred them to the toys. So I liked how the toys look like the movies, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure if I enjoyed all the spots as much, but I mean, I get it. It's just like a reptile growing older. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it's probably what they were trying to, to show um what's another thing uh <laughs> the the you said like they try to make this like as non-violent as possible and of course the final showdown with super shredder 
and there's like <laughs> there's no fighting and shredder ends up killing himself and one of the most like self owns like ever like I, I i watched it last night and i was like wait a minute what like <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you're like whatever like oh shit like he died or whatever they didn't do anything but here you watch and it it makes no sense why he was chopping down the port <laughs> it does it it does it like he's trying to like I mean, the only the only thing I could think about is him trying to sacrifice himself to kill the other four. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like he wanted what, him dead that bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I want you dead that bad that I'm just gonna kill myself too. Like, <laughs> I guess, but <laughs> oh, man. I I don't know, dude. I I remember thinking, of course, that that this sh- super shredder looked freaking cool. Oh yeah, yeah. He looks freaking badass, but. The, the way he, he goes down is like the absolute worst in all time anything. It, it's not even like five minutes, right? They at least no. could have extended this a little bit. Maybe, I don't know, he could throw around Michelangelo Something. for a little bit. Something, dude. They could have showed like, Dude, Kevin Nash was a wrestler. They could have yeah. done something. They could have just like, he could have done a powerbomb, dude. That would have been sick. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I guess there, there, I don't even want to. There wasn't a budget issue. There was just mm. the writing, dude. The writing was just it was not a much. There wasn't a much much time to, you know, finalize the final script that they just put whatever together, and it still made money. Does this movie? Does it the the way he's portrayed? Does does this hurt the Shredder character? Because I kind of felt like he was just like yeah, he's a viral vital part of the plot, but. It almost feels like he's just there, like even in the fights with. Uh... Also, is it Toka or Taka? Because April says Toka, and another character says Taka. What are the? I names think it's. I think it's. It's Toka. Okay, Toka. Okay, because I hear. I heard it both ways in the movie, and I just was curious on that. But anyways, back to the Shredder thing. Like the parts where they're interacting with them or fighting, and then Shredder's just standing there, like he knows he can whip the turtles' asses, like he did it in the first movie. But and again, I know it's the whole nonviolent thing, but. He's just standing there in those scenes, and I felt like he was just like an afterthought, like in the movie. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. Like I re- think it really does hurt the portrayal of what the the shredder was supposed to like be. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and I, I'm like, I'm pr- like, I'm pretty positive that's like, like, if you ask the creators if they like this movie, they probably hate it. Oh yeah, for like, sure, a hundred percent. Like everything that they had envisioned for the shredder like is nothing <laughs> nothing with this movie portrayed mm-hmm. now it's it, and it's really nothing what the actual like like cartoon portrayed like like if you really watch the cartoon it's always like shredder not being smart enough right it's always not smart enough and then like when they add krang when they add krang into it it's like krang's always like oh you imbecile i have to do it myself it's almost mm-hmm. like he takes the role of what Bebop and Rocksteady are to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I, it, it, it kind of really hurts what I think they had planned for Shredder. I mean, originally Shredder planned in the, uh, died in the first movie or in the first comic too. So like I, I'm dude. And I, I not even sure how they reintroduced Shredder in the comic book series. Like I don't need, I had like, I need to look it up now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> But yeah, dude, in the first, the first, like, like the Mirage series, like he dies in the first comic, like it's over. It's it. Mm-hmm. Next, the next villain is Baxter Stockman. And then 
after that they go go into the rat king which yeah. i would love to see on the big screen hopefully seth rogan could bring that but i don't know but do you do you so like when you think turtles you associate it with shredder right like that's the yep. obvious connection so i wanted to ask you a hypothetical and i know it's hard but like let's say you were your age now back in 1990 when the first movie came out how would you feel about them killing off the shredder like knowing that there would be a possible like franchise in this would you be like man like why would they kill him off so quickly or i mean i know they brought him back in the sequel but this is before it comes out like how would you feel if you went to go see it at your age now and see that they kill off the shredder would you be like what i would be like what i I would be like what if if i was exposed to the same like media that i had been with regarding the shredder you know, at that at that time. All right, we ran into a little bit of a technical difficulty. I know it's starting to rain where we're at here in Texas, but uh, here's my continuation on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to the Secret of the Use with Sammy Flotus. All right, so you were talking about the uh, the cartoon series on Nickelodeon right now, as far as like the Shredder not being like the main villain. You want to? Yeah, I, yeah. So he's not really the main villain. I don't think right now. I'm not really too familiar, but I've noticed like with the toys popping out and stuff like that, they seem to have a bunch of different villains for every episode. Mm-hmm. And I believe I read that they just, they just now introduced Krang into the series. So, I mean, I don't think I would be too upset mm-hmm. or like, I don't know if I would be too upset if I was exposed to the media that is now versus, you know, back in the day where Shredder was on like every episode of the cartoon. Right. So like, like, I guess I, I would say that I would kind of be bummed out because he's supposed to be like like the Darth Vader. Of, yeah, yeah. Of their, this, you know what I mean? He's supposed to be like Darth Vader and like they kill him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, I think I would kind of be, you know, a little frustrated. Scratch your head a little bit like... <laughs> that yep, like, like, hey, what's next? Yeah. I get it. Totally get it. Um, Any other things that we're missing out of this movie? I think... As far as the movie's concerned, I, I don't think so. But with, there are some uh, some reboots or a reboot that yeah, I've uh, heard about that, that we could talk about. Uh, I brought this up to you yesterday as we were prepping for this. Uh, I told you that Seth Rogen is uh, doing a uh, reboot or revival, whatever you want to call it. There's been so many iterations of this movie. Actually, before we get to that, I don't know what your answer is going to be on this, but just to elaborate a little bit on it. Has this movie aged for you 30 years later? Like, is it still like rewatchable, playable, like, and, and all that stuff? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think any person who wants to expose their kids to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles should uh, show them this movie. And I think they would enjoy it um, just as much as they enjoyed the first one. And I think their kids would enjoy this one more just because it's more playful. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, the older you get, I think you kind of like gravitate towards the, the first one. Yeah, definitely. This looks like it's at least the first two movies look like they're going to be like a generational thing where you can like keep reintroducing it. Like, I'm sure yep. I, I would hope my my kids kids someday will get to see like these movies and enjoy them as much as they did. And of course, as much as I did when I was growing up. So, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm in, in agreement with you there. I believe this movie has aged well, despite it not being as strong as the first one, but it's still a, I guess you could say it's a worthy sequel. Like it's not like a, a dumper, like what the third one ends up being, even though, yeah. I, can, even though I can kind of still watch that one. But I, as far as like reflecting on these movies, I kind of, I can associate the first two together and the third one kind of like a little bit down the road. 
<laughs> for sure. All right, but yeah, let's talk about this new uh, Seth Rogen one, uh, which is going to be, what, CGI? Like the whole movie yes. is going to be CGI or just the turtles are? I'm kind no, of it's, as to what kind of movie this is going to be. It's gonna be uh, what I'm hearing is it's going to be completely CGI, CGI and animated. Okay. So that's, so that's this one. So there's, supposedly there's two. Supposedly there's two movies in the works. They're both animated. Okay. Now, the first one that I'm going to talk to you about that has really no information, just, hey, it's supposed to be coming out soon, is uh, part of the Rise of the Ninja Turtle cartoon that's uh, on Nickelodeon right now. Uh-huh. I believe it's supposed to be like an animated movie that's released on Netflix. Yeah. But that's really all we know. And, I, and I'm pretty positive that it's the same cast from the show that is on Nickelodeon right now. Okay. So that's, that, that's what I know about that one that's coming out on Netflix. Um, it, they, there's no release date for sure. Last last time I heard, it was teased from the Michelangelo, like the voiceover character. Mm-hmm. Um, he put on his like Instagram or something like that that it was supposed to release in 2021. But I mean, I believe I'm sure that was before the pandemic, mm-hmm. like hit. So I'm I'm pretty positive it's not going to release this year because I haven't heard anything of it. I would be extremely surprised yeah. to hear that it comes out this year. But uh, uh, yeah, that's the Netflix one, and then of course the the good the good one, the Seth Rogen one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I only say good one because Seth Rogen has a pretty good track record yeah. of, of movies that he's produced, not just movies he's acted in, but movies that he's produced and shows he's produced. So right. like he produces The Boys, mm-hmm. and he produces uh, The Preacher. Right, like he like like those are just comic book gritty like style like ad- adaptations. He gets and it. Basically. I'm excited to see what he, yeah, what he's gonna do with this, especially because he's written movies about teenagers. Like that's how he, that's how he came into it all. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. super bad. You know, like yeah, like, like how he grew up. Like him and was it Jonah Hill and like all those dudes? They've all like grew up, like like writing coming to age movies. And yeah. I I think that's what this this is gonna be directed towards mm-hmm. because I, I've like come across the casting call that describes the four turtles and it's it's pretty interesting um i don't know if you want me to read them now or if you want to talk about something different before i go into it um well just real quickly is he is he just like producing it or is he writing the story like because if he's writing like the screenplay and stuff like this could be like some good stuff like super bad stuff because you can tell like in the dialogue in super bad like where you can tell it's him (laughs) writing it Um, yeah so do, do you know uh, more specifics on that? I do not know if he is helping write, but I would, I would, I can only imagine that he is like mm-hmm. everything that he produces too. He has a little bit of like influence on in the, the writing. Yeah. So I, I could imagine it being like, like I could, I could imagine there being some type of like, uh, raunchiness to <laughs> yeah, some of I'm the, saying. If there's some of that, then this could be something. <laughs> <laughs> yep yep i think i think it will include i mean it's not just him it's evan evan goldberg too oh so. yeah they're, they're they're a dream team right there yep yep so it's going to be exciting to see what they uh what they could come up with and like so so check it out here's the here's the casting call and you could kind of see like how it's written for these characters mm-hmm. so like for leonardo they're looking for a male who's age 13 to 16 any ethnicity and it's a voiceover lead so that's how you know you know, it's going to be 
all CGI, or at least for this character. But mm-hmm. from what I, my understanding is, it's gonna be it's gonna be all CGI, like the entire environment. Mm-hmm. But uh, so for Leonardo, it reads, the team leader Leo, Leo is strictly business, all killer, no filler, except when he's uh, boasting and describing himself with dumb phrases like all killer, no filler. He cares about keeping the team on a mission and tells himself that his brothers would be lost without him. He's not, he's not, the, he's not the strongest like Raph or the smartest like Donnie or even the funniest like Mikey, but he's the hardest working turtle boy and he's proud of it. His brothers can get annoyed by his, do, by his do-gooder attitude and the lectures that, he com- that come with it, even when they know he's right. Leo's biggest fears are his brothers realizing that he needs them more than they need him. <laughs> so it, it, it's, it's kind of cool to like write him at that point. Like he's already like he, they're already putting out their vulnerabilities Yeah. in, in regards to like Leonardo. And I mean, it, the, the rest of the, the rest of the turtles kind of follow in the same suit. So let me get on to uh, uh, Raphael and, and I, I'll read them all out and then you can tell me what you think. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Go ahead. So, so for Raphael, again, it's age 13 to 16, any ethnicity. Um, it says, uh, the hothead uh, Raph likes to break shit, whether it's with his fist or someone else's fist as he throws them through a glass window. Raph tends to react emotionally when he's overwhelmed, mm-hmm. but he actually, he's actually super self-aware and working on it. With his hands in his pockets, crossed arms, and a uh, sullen face, but, but, but beneath his career is the soft, sensitive turtle boy I want to open up to. Raph, who would hate any authority figure, resents Leo's leadership and his secret shame, he knows ever came to. Michelangelo? It, it reads the same thing, uh, age 13, city. Uh, it reads, the goofball, with rare exception, takes nothing seriously. It could come across as aloofness or uh, idiocy, but in, act- in actually, or but it actually comes from a place of wisdom and self-confidence. Knowing himself, Mikey has priorities in order, and at the top of his list is enjoying life and living in the present. He loves people and is endlessly curious which leads him to having conversation with complete strangers. <laughs> he's that friend. He's that friend. You tell your entire life story within minutes of meeting. He might not be good at martial arts training or waking up on time or even hygiene, but he's an endless well of positivity that his brothers often take for granted. Mikey gets teased the most by his brothers. And, and even though he's always laughs it off deep down, it gets to him. Okay. And then, and then finally Donatello. So Donatello, the intellectual, feels like he's Matt Damon in Goodwill Hunting. He's made fun of by his brothers for being academic. They acknowledge him. They acknowledge his smarts are useful, but don't appreciate as much as he feels he deserves. His intelligence has, has its downsides, So Sometimes his intellectual self-assuredness can come across as arrogance, and his extreme pragmat, uh, pragmatism uh, sometimes reads as coldness. It's not that he doesn't care. It's his brain is just thinking as as many steps ahead about such complicated stuff that he often finds himself paralyzed in indecision. So he he can talk to himself into 
he can talk himself into uh, something just as easily as he can talk himself out of it. Donnie knows he's smart, but his secret fear he'd never admit out loud is that if he were ever around people at his level, he worries he wouldn't be able to keep up. And if he's not as smart as he thought, what is he? <laughs> that is Will Hunting right there. <laughs> yep. Yep. I like so that. I, I really like the direction that they're really, that they're pointing towards like how they're, they're making them, you know, vulnerable mm-hmm. and it's, it's going to be exciting to see it all come together. The Raphael one I like too, where it's like, he knows, he knows he's a jerk while he's being one, like he's self-aware of it. And then of course, obviously being over emotional over stuff and you know, that could lead to yes. bad decisions or, or whatever, but yeah, yep. it looks like they're getting a lot more of the, the angst and the, the teenage just feelings over this thing. I mean, pun intended, right? But yeah, yep, yep. I, I like the descriptions here for these characters and, you know, uh, hopefully Seth and Evan do like a pretty good job with the story and, you know, the CGI part of it, whatever. I, I wish it was live action. I think these guys could do it. Like if you were, if you were making a Ninja Turtles movie, like in 2021, you know, you figure with the way Star Wars brought back, like the, like the, kind of like the puppeteer type animatronics. Yep. Like, and it worked. Like, I don't see why, like, the turtles that they've done, like, in the 90s couldn't work in 2021 if they do it properly. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I'm not, I don't understand why they haven't tried it yet. And I'm sure, I'm sure sometime down the line we'll get it. I'm sure. But yeah, I agree with you. I don't understand why they're just trying to go full CGI and not live action. I think there's a real opportunity to get something really, really, really cool if you do, you know, live action and you put it into like a, like a tone, maybe like, you know, like I, I, re- I really like Daredevil season two. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's like, you know, there's a lot at stake. He's in like, you're meeting new characters and stuff like that. Like I really, and of course the fight scenes and the, the, the violence, I think if like they went that Avenue, with how like like I know it sounds dark, but that's how the Ninja Turtles was intended to be. I think they could really pull off a, a live action like like grittier style and still and still incorporate some of the funness. Like oh you know yeah, you I can mean? still like, throw in your one liners and them being kids and goofy. Like that's all part of it. That's yep. what makes the Ninja Turtles what they are. You can still have all that in there, but you could incorporate the seriousness of what like you know being a ninja is. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like like I there's. Like there's a real bloody like like backstory to ninjas, you know what I mean? It's not yeah. just like funny games, but you know they're teenagers, so like like you can incorporate that easily and really make something you know amazing if you got the right you know uh, talent to come up with the creation like that. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm not sure when the release date for is for this is because I know this news is all like really really fresh. So um. I'll tell you. It is August 11, 2023. Okay, so about two years. Sorry, was... Yep, yep. It, it, I, uh, that, I believe that, that, uh, Twitter, that tweet that I forwarded you the other day, mm-hmm. uh, it actually has the release date at the very top. It's like, uh, like it's the page that oh, okay. Leonardo is apparently like, writing notes on. So like it has the date at the top. So that's what they're uh, saying. That okay. Their release date is going to be. All right. That looks interesting. Um. I wonder what the animation's going to look like. It's going to be, uh, that'll be curious to see. Yeah. I'm curious to see what approach they go with. I'm, I, 
What are you guessing if you had to like I, this? I'd say it's it's gonna look like like I'm afraid to say that it's gonna be 2D. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm afraid it's gonna it's gonna be 2D CGI, but I I think that's what I think that's what they're gonna go with. Like I think it's gonna be like a like not like as like not basic. like the not like the 2007 version, right? Yeah, nah, nah, nah. I I don't think that. I don't like. I don't think it's gonna be like like. Okay, so I was gonna say Rick and Morty, right? But Rick yeah. and Morty's super basic with uh, as far as like the coloring schemes are going and stuff like that. But I'm talking about like the animation, like yeah. the actual like like Looney Tune style animation, uh, like like the the new Looney Tunes, not like the Space Jam one, like the new one that comes out on HBO Max. Yeah, like, yeah They yeah. still have that 2D animation feel. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's what they're gonna go for, but um, I, I I don't know. I I like I said, it, I could be wrong too. They they might just put out something crazy and it'd be like like all CGI but look real. That would be awesome too. Yeah. Um, I forgot about <laughs> I forgot if I mentioned this to you on the last. But I don't know. Why I just thought about it right now because I was thinking about animation. Saturday Night Live did a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, like little animated skit, but they were like old already. And it was like then oh, domestic problem. Dude, I remember that. <laughs> dude, that that was hilarious. I forgot I what it was called. It was seen like it once. <laughs> it wasn't called. Teenage, I forgot. I forgot what it was called, but it, like it had the animation of the turtles, and I think Michelangelo was married to April or whatever, and they were going through marital problems. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. I have to look that up. The not so teenage Ninja Turtles. Yes. That's what it was called. <laughs> I forgot who the I forgot who the host of uh, who the host was at that time. But that yeah, it was hilarious. I, I remember seeing that. <laughs> oh man, fun stuff. It's crazy how relevant they they still are in pop culture. Like, just it's been forever that they've been around, and yet they're still like pumping out toys and shows and you know whatever you whatever you. Yeah, dude, it's it, costumes for Halloween, like mm-hmm. every year, every year, no matter what, even like, even if you haven't, they hadn't been around for a long time, they're constantly putting out costumes. Yeah, I, I, it's never going to go away. It's one of those. It's never going to go away. Yeah. And it's only a matter of time. that I think it just explodes even more like, like everybody, like everybody wants to have the next Marvel or the next DC or the next type of like, like. Like you know, cinematic thing. Yeah. And I really think that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has like like a big like rogue gallery of like villains. Mm-hmm. Like they could really potentially blow this up and like like add additional storylines like from all over the place. So it, it it could really 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 blow up if they really wanted it to. Yeah. Well, we'll see what this next iteration in two years, and then uh, we can go from there. Maybe we'll do a a pod years later on, on that movie. See if it holds. Yeah, up. dude. <laughs> 30 years from what? 2023. How old will we be? How old <laughs> I'll still be old on a podcast, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude, you never know. By that time, it'll be, it we'll have like a, like holographic reflections in front of yeah. people. So we'll, we won't only sound old, but we'll look old. Oh man. Looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. I think I'm going to wrap up our conversation here. This has been like a blast. Uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk about this movie with me as we reflect on its 
30 year anniversary. Um, yeah, man, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course, man. Anytime, you know me, like I said, you can always reach out to me and I'll talk about any, anything, anything that I love, all the nerd stuff, send it my way. So I think I've already, I booked you already for next season for Batman return. So I think that's when we'll have you on the, this time, next time for the series. So I'm ready. Start doing your research on that one. I know you, you got some stuff in the works already, but I'll be looking for all that, all that knowledge next year when we come to that uh, release date for that yeah, anniversary. It's going to be exciting. Dude. Uh, it's going to be exciting. I'm a huge Tim Burton fan. So I'll be, I'll be more than willing. Sweet. All right, buddy. We'll appreciate your time. And again, folks, if you're out there and you've never seen the Ninja Turtles movies, they're available on HBO Max. You can stream almost pretty much everything nowadays on some platform, but that's where those movies are at now. Or maybe you still own the VHS or DVDs if you're a huge fan of the franchise. But yeah, this has been uh, the 90s films turn 30 on Ninja Turtles to the Secret of the Ooze with Sammy. Uh, thank you so much for joining me, buddy. Appreciate you and uh, see you down the road. All right, man. Talk to you later. Take it easy. Once again, much thanks to Sammy Flores for joining me on today's episode. Such a fun conversation. And uh, I'm going to wrap it up here. Um, It's been a hell of a lot of fun talking movies. I can do that all day, all night. And if you're you're up for it, folks, this is always an open invitation to this show. So if you feel like you're interested in a 90s movie, feel free to message me on social media, text or call me if you know me personally. Uh, I will never turn anybody down for this show. But that's going to do it uh, for 90s Films Turn 30 for this week. I'm trying to get going as fast as possible so I can catch up to these anniversary dates of these movies that I'm trying to do. Next week will be uh, another sequel, and not as high a sequel as you may think. Um, it's Mannequin on the Move, one of those classic rewatches for me on HBO when I was a kid. So looking forward to revisiting that one and see if it holds up 30 years later, which is what the show is all about. So you can follow this podcast on Spotify, search palace off the top rope, hit that follow button. If you follow me on social media through Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, I do share this link through podbean.com. You can download the app and listen through there. Or if you're an Apple person, uh, which a majority of my audience is as I look at the numbers. So most of y'all listen to there, please leave me that five star review. I would greatly appreciate it. I'm just trying to grow this show more and, get more people to listen and thank you to those of you that have been listening you know not just to this show but to my regular show in general i i I really do appreciate um any comments or feedback anything like that I, i really do appreciate you guys but thank you so much and we'll see you next week for mannequin on the move on palace off the top rope presents 90s films turn 30 take care Real Turtles, Leonardo, Michelangelo, Donatello, Raphael. Yeah, all the good ones and you know. <laughs> Real Problems. Shrek, dude. They're back in an awesome new movie. Didn't we see these guys on WrestleMania? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. Rated PG. Now playing at a theater near you.